1: Than I ever did. You had some heavy hitters uh, guests on too, man. So keep up the good work. But it's good to be with you, and I'm ready to talk sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Sports on Chicago. My name's John and Great to have you here. Today's edition of the program, we're going to break down Matt Nagy, potentially being fired at the end of the year in just a moment, plus a brand-new interview today with Bob Nightingale, a USA Today baseball columnist and MLB Network insider. We talk with him about the latest surrounding the MLB lockout, when it could be resolved, and his Hall of Fame ballot. It's a great interview. It comes your way near the midway point of this show. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Zoglu. If you want to watch more of this show, Search up Sports Talk Chicago, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, sportstalkchicago.com. Well, finally, it's happening. Might have taken longer than we expected, but truth be told, it's happening. We're right there. Aren't you excited? (laughs) I'm pretty pumped. I don't know about you, but I'm very, very excited. Matt Nagy, finally, he's on his way out the door. Nothing's official yet, but all signs point to him leaving at the end of the year. A new report came out from Boomer Esiason, the former Bengals great quarterback, claiming that Matt Nagy himself knows he's going to be fired. He was told he'd be fired. Now look. We've seen a lot of different reporting here. I mean, I thought after Thanksgiving, it was supposed to be fire. That didn't happen. I still believe to this day it was supposed to happen. When the rumor was leaked, the Bears changed their mind. That's what I think. Nevertheless, Adnagi's Nagy's era is about to be over. And I just feel so vindicated. Many of us do. A lot of people last year saw through the crap. Frankly, they did. Many people blamed Mitch Trubisky, offense, weapons. Some of that's true. But at the end of the day, it was Matt Nagy who proved to be the biggest problem. And now this year, we really saw it on display. We did. You can't work with a brand-new rookie quarterback like Justin Fields. it's top talent from Ohio State. He could run. He could throw. You can't work with him. It's a you problem. Not a Mitch Trebensky problem. Not a Chuck Pagano problem. A you problem. Remember that. Remember at the end of last year? Who left? Who was fired? Who was canned? Wasn't not Nagy, Ryan Pace, McCasky, Ted Phillips? No, it was Mitch Trubinsky and Chuck Pagano. I'm not saying both of them didn't have their faults, but when you look back on it now, was it really them? No, not Nagy. It's been Nagy from day one, really, and ever since 2019 and beyond. It became a Matt Nagy problem, and now finally, hopefully, we're getting some closure. Sison said, "Quote: He knows he's not coming back. That's it. Simple as that. He knows he's not coming back. Fine by me. The Bears in their last game this upcoming weekend won't to playing Justin Fields. He's out with the coronavirus." It's a pretty fitting way for Nagy to end his tenure. He's going to play, probably Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, who knows at this point. Play the practice squad guy, I don't care. You're going to be fired. Monday, Black Monday, you will be given your pink slip. And it's over. And look, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He is. I mean, we've seen some tributes to Jeff Dickerson, to Virginia McCaskey. He's sure a great guy. But, let's not forget the careers that he personally affected. He did. He essentially fired Chuck Pagano for doing really nothing wrong. And he fired Mitch Trubisky. He broke Mitch Trubisky for his own game. He parlayed Mitch into Justin Fields. And what do you know? Still can't work. We've all finally seen Nagy for... Who he's supposed to be. He's not some quarterback guru. Not some expert. Not some offensive genius. He's a fraud. Not a quarterback whisperer. Fraud. We know that now, too. Not controversial to say. Maybe it was last year. Everybody hated Mitch Trubisky, had this vendetta. You know, I want to say this, too. It's pretty funny. A lot of teams have... Quarterback openings for next year. I am seeing so many people on Twitter talk about Mitch Trubisky getting another chance. A lot of people. Washington football team fans want him. Think about that. Browns fans want Mitch. Bad. No, no, no. All his fault. It's always bad. That's the narrative that Pat Nagy put out there. Never depended his quarterback. him under the bus multiple times. Had has since fired. He got Mitch Trubisky fired. Well, funny how the tables have turned. Mitch Trubisky's in high demand, and he will find a job next year guaranteed. Probably a starter. And Matt Nagy's going to be out of a job. Maybe he'll find a coordinator role, but why would you even trust him at that? How many times has he quote-unquote given away play calling here? With the bears vindication it tastes pretty sweet for those of you who followed me for a year now a couple of years i've always been in the same boat when it comes to matt nagy he should be fired he should have been fired last year at the end of last year even the year before But i understand giving him one more chance last year should have been gone the bears everybody in media everybody in this city blame mitch trubisky blame chuck pagano for the team going eight and eight, making the playoffs. Everybody's still stuck up for Matt Nagy. He's some quarterback guru, knows what he's doing. Well, he was given a talent this year. Not just some random quarterback, not even Mitch Trubisky. A talent, a real talent. Runs, throws. Huge quarterback at Ohio State. What does he do? 11 touchdowns, 10 picks, 11 fumbles. Now look who's getting fired. And really, the only reason this is happening is everybody loves Justin Fields. Nobody liked Justin Fields. Nobody liked him out of college. They would have blamed him. They they would have. If Justin Fields was a late-round pick, if Justin Fields was different in any way, Fields would have been fired. Nagy would have stayed. Just goes to show you, you know, sometimes, or a lot of the time, life could be unfair. A lot of the time, life's always unfair. Don't always get everything you want. Tragedy strikes. Tough things happen. That's what happened to Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky last year. Mitch Trubisky was the scapegoat for this team, and now look. Oh, look who's going to be fired now. Look who's crying now. Look who's in that position now. Those of you who've supported me, who've listened to me, You all know this was the real problem. I mean, even think about it this way. Matt Nagy wrestled with play calling. Back and forth, back and forth. Lied to everybody on who was calling plays. Any other city, that'd be a big deal. Here, nobody cared. For some reason, nobody cared. Nobody cared about the lying and about essentially running a quarterback out of town for his personal gain. Nobody batted an eye. No one said a word. Now look, that's what you get. I really don't feel bad at all for Matt Nagy. I really don't. I mean, he won anyway. Got paid great money. I mean, he's going to be set for life no matter where he goes. He'll get another job somewhere because he's a football liper. He ruined a kid's career. Almost ruined Justin Fields' career, too. I mean, he won. Set the Bears back. He's getting paid handsomely. And he'll go somewhere else and be just fine. We'll probably see Matt Nagy somewhere as an offensive coordinator or quarterback coach. He will not be unemployed come this time next year. No way. Someone will hire him. Even though to me, he really shouldn't be. What's he proven to stay in the NFL? Can't work with quarterbacks. I mean, that's clear. Failed with Drabeski, now failed with Fields. Can't run an offense. Failed but Trubisky, Fields, Dalton, Foles. But he'll find a job, and that's fine. That's fine. I don't wish him ill will. I don't want him to be unemployed. Needs a paycheck for his family. Fine, I'm all okay with that. But the fact is, he won. Set the Bears organization back. Blamed other people for his mistakes. Ran a quarterback out of town. Gets paid handsomely. And now, we'll most likely get another job. Matt Nagy actually won. He won. He fooled everybody, and he won. Shame on the Bears for waiting this long to pull the plug. Shame on the Bears. Should have been done last year. Refused to do it. Could have had a new coach here, working with Justin Fields. Instead, you damaged his first year. Shame on the Bears. Look, I'm happy. Nagy's going to be gone. Nice to be vindicated. But at the end of the day, this is big damage for the organization. What Nagy did, especially near the end, big damage. Set them back. Set Justin Fields back. Now Justin Fields, in his second year, after what was a horrible rookie year, will have to learn a new offense from a new coach. That's hard. Had Nagy won. He got everything he needed, personally, and he screwed the Bears. The Bears are screwed. Should have fired him last year. Matt Nagy won. And that's the shame. That's the real shame in all this. He hurt people. He brought people down for his benefit. Stayed with his team. And guess what? He's walking away with a paycheck and probably a new job offer somewhere. I'm just so disgusted. I'm happy he's gone, but he was here way too long and he won. Now look at his numbers, and yes, yeah, a 34 and 30 record. His offense every year suffered. This guy was supposed to be an offensive guru. This guy couldn't put up any points with his offense. Now we look at league ranks each year with the Bears. First year, ninth in the league in points, then 29th, 22nd, and now 26th. He was supposed to be an offensive guru. What about yards? 21st, 29th, 26th, 28th. Supposed to be an offensive genius. Offensive mind. Great coach. Quarterback whisperer. How do you do that on offense? And don't tell me the Bears had nothing. Everybody clamors and sticks up for some of these guys who are actually good. David Montgomery. Alan Robinson in his prime a couple of years ago. Great. Darnell Mooney has turned it on. They had some weapons, maybe not tons of them, but something. Had Jordan Howard before, Tariq Cohen. They weren't horrible offensively. You can't blame Mitch Trubisky for all of those numbers, especially this year. Mitch wasn't even here. The Bears were supposed to unleash Justin Fields. Everybody told me Justin Fields would be Patrick Mahomes. He'd be great. He'd kill it. His rookie year. Look at those numbers. And obviously, it's wrong to blame a rookie for all that, although he needs some things to work on. The point is, that is Matt Nagy. That's what happens to a quarterback in his system, especially a rookie. To Mitch Trubisky's credit, I'll give him all the credit in the world. He dealt with that. He really did. He dealt with it. Put up respectable numbers. Justin Fields got killed by Matt Nagy. By this offensive line, too. Just horrible. It better happen, and this is all only a report, and we'll do another video and really recap it when he does get fired. This better be real. If the Bears somehow, which I doubt, but if they somehow retain him, they're going to see me blow up, views. <laughs> he has brought down people to save his job. That's horrible. That's just bad. Bad. Talk about being a team culture guy. That's not team culture. That's looking out for yourself. You hurt Mitch Trubisky. Could have scarred him for life. And you really hurt Justin Fields. It's up? have no offensive knowledge, no insight really, set the Bears back as an organization, you did nothing for this team, you collected a paycheck, lived in Chicago for a couple of years, got your first chance to be a head coach, ruined quarterbacks, fired coordinators, did everything you could to stay, Matt Nagy won, he did, not just the battle, he won the war, really. He did. Got paid, hurt other people, and the Bears are set back years because he was still here. Now the Bears need to go find a new head coach, hope that he works with Justin Fields, and redo the same process all over again. 2018 was 2022. 2018, new coach, second-year quarterback, hope it works. Next year, it's going to be the same thing. New coach, second-year quarterback, hope it works. Maybe? The Bears are at the same starting spot they were when Matt Nagy came here. That should be a problem. That should tell you all you need to know about what he's done for this organization. Nothing. Collected a paycheck, set him back, now he's going to be gone. And he'll find another job somewhere. Everybody I've talked to has said he's a football lifer, has tons of connections, he will find something. I guess it doesn't matter anymore how much offensive knowledge you have. You will find a job? That's a joke. Everybody in the league knows what he did to Mitch Trubisky, not what he's done to Justin Fields. The fact that he's worthy of getting another job is a joke. That's what's going to happen, though. Still get paid. He'll still have somewhere to go. And the Bears will be sent back again. I'm happy for this report. Should have happened last year. Should have happened a long time ago. Don't get me wrong. When you really sit back and think about it, when you think about who's really losing here, it's the Bears. Not bad naggy. Not at all. The Bears wasted years in their prime defensively. Years. And they kept a coach who didn't deserve to be here. And now, sure, he'll be fired. But you can never get those years back. Wasted time. You Wasted a quarterback, too. And now, you have nothing to look forward to come next year. What to come here on Sports Talk Chicago. My interview with Bob Nightingale comes up next, so stay tuned. Out. Remember am John Global and we are back and ready for today's special guest. He's a baseball columnist at USA Today and an insider for MLB Network and Odyssey. Please welcome Bob Nightingale to the program. Bob, it's great to have you on. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Thanks, John. So, Bob, what's your reaction to the baseball lockout, first off?
0: Well, it's unfortunate. I still, I'm on the optimistic side. I still don't think that it's going to cost them any games of spring training let alone the regular season. It would be a suicide for both sides. Uh, I think they'll start negotiating here sometime in mid-January, and I I really do believe they'll get a deal done uh, sometime by early February.
1: What's the main point of contention right now?
0: It's a little bit of everything, John. It seems like it's all tied together. Uh, You know, the big thing the players want is more competitive uh, balance. They don't want these teams tanking. They also want a lot more money for the younger players. Uh, I do think MLB agrees that you know that's where they said let's have a hundred million dollar floor. Uh, they'll raise the minimum salaries. Uh, you know they don't want to lower free agency. And they don't want to lower the time it takes to become a uh, arbitration eligible player. So it's like all tied together with you know expanding playoffs and and whatnot. So I I don't think they're that far apart where if they just sit down together they get you know knock something down in a, in a few days. Uh, you know, but but I think once they get past the free agent part and the salary arbitration part, then they get it done.
1: Do you see any changes coming to the rules aspect of the game? Maybe seven inning double headers, universal DH, or expanded playoffs, like you alluded to.
0: I think we'll definitely see expanded playoffs. I and mean, Maybe the players' association said we'll go up to twelve uh, MLB once fourteen. I, I think I'm we'll going to fourteen. Uh, give that a try. Uh, the seven inning double headers will be gone. Remember now that was just for the pandemic. You know, pandemic. You know, bounces back in 2022 or continuously. You know, with the Omicron it might be different. But right now they plan to go to. Uh, you know, it's not fair for the fans. And you know, uh, you know, you're paying for a nine inning game out of seventeen <laughs> game. So uh, the nine inning double hitters will be back. Uh, we'll see about the ghost runner in second base. Uh, the players like it. Uh, you know, the owners seem to like it. I think they'll move it back to maybe the twelfth inning. And do that instead of right away in the tenth inning. Uh, no pitch clock yet, or or things like that, or banning shifts. I think the pitch clock will be coming in two thousand twenty three, but not right away.
1: What do you think of all these changes personally? Uh,
0: you no, know, it takes getting used to as far as the uh, the ghost runner on on uh, second base. But I remember having to sit down a couple of springs ago with Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant. And it was Anthony that brought up. He goes, "You know, think about it. We got the most over, boring overtime in sports. Uh, you know, NHL is fun with a three-on-three. You know, basketball course is five minutes. The uh, you know NFL is exciting. But you know, you go to a game and went to rolls runs to the tenth inning, a lot of fans leave. So at least maybe a, uh, you start in the twelfth inning, you will keep fans
1: in the seats for a while." What's the longest game you have ever covered, innings wise?
0: Trying to think, John, uh, uh, sixteen innings for sure. Uh maybe eighteen innings, but not, never a twenty, <laughs> never a twenty for sure.
1: How was that for you to have to sit there for all those innings and hope somebody got something done and moved on?
0: Well, that's a problem. It gets boring. I mean, people in the uh <laughs> press box, whether the uh you know uh, the writers or broadcasters or moaning TV broadcasters are moaning and groaning, you know, the fans leave, you know, more by the inning. And when it gets late in games, you're talking about you know, less than a 1,000 fans, maybe 500 fans, are sticking around. Uh, you know, the beer concessions have stopped and everything else. Most of the concession stands have closed. It's getting late. and People say, you know, I'll, I'll go home and listen to the radio.
1: Let me ask you this. What's one thing baseball doesn't have that you want?
0: You know, uh, I just like to see a return of action. You know, someone put it to me this way, and uh, I thought it was a great analogy, because what baseball is now. It'd be like Tom Brady sitting back and throwing a bomb on every play. It's exciting when it connects. But you like the drives of football and things like that. In baseball, you like the rallies. And Right now, we're seeing a home run and nothing for six innings. So i like to see you know, more emphasis on guys, you know, swing the bat, put the ball in play. I mean, at the end of last season, I don't think even the players knew who was in line for the betting title. You know, here's you know Tim Anderson you know, going for it. You know, outside Chicago, nobody's even talking about it. Or whoever city, you know, the guy's going for the betting title. It, it's, it's a shame. It used to be a big thing. Now no one pays attention to it.
1: How much of a contrast is that from when you started covering the game to today?
0: Oh, massive. It used to be, you know, everybody knew who the betting title uh, leaders were, who's going to win a batting title. You know, I remember when, uh, when I was coming to San Diego Padres, so the last weekend it was Tony Gwynn versus Will Clark. Everybody had the mathematical, you know, calculations down, who, knew, who needs how many hits. And it was a fun thing. The whole kind of country was, you know, paying attention to it. You know, now nobody pays attention at all.
1: Bob, thank here you, on Sports Talk Chicago. Bob, what do you make of your Hall of Fame ballot?
0: Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, last year of the, of the big boys, we were talking about a, uh, you know, Bonds and Clemens and, and Sosa. Uh I thought forever, John, that those guys would go in. Not so, but Bonds and Clemens. And now I don't think it's going to happen. They had to make too big of a jump. In those, uh, and they're making a jump for a while. Then it stopped. So it would be interesting. Uh, you know, I sure hope that no writer uh, doesn't vote for Bonds or Clemens, but yet votes for you know A Rod or uh, Mayor Maris. I mean, those guys were suspended. The thing about Bonds and Clemens. You know, they, they helped themselves, but they helped their teams, too. Never suspended a single day. Where in the case for, uh, you know, an A-Rod, a Manny, you know, uh, you know, what to say, uh, you know, Robinson Cano you know, on the ballot one day. Those guys killed their teams by getting suspended. And those rules were in place. There were no rules in place for Bonds and, and Clemens. In fact, PED was encouraged by GMs and managers and coaches. So, yeah, I felt bad. I think those guys should get in but I don't think they will.
1: So you're not going to vote for A-Rod yourself, right, based on that rule you said?
0: No, no. Yeah, those rules were in place, John, and uh, they invited him. He got suspended. I mean, A-Rod crushed the Yankees by being out the entire 2014 season. Uh, Manny was suspended three times, Uh, you know, but there were no rules before. It's almost like if you're in a highway, uh, you know, out west and the speed limits, you know, Seventy miles an hour. You know, it's not going to be a copper around. You're not going seven. You're going ninety. You know? And the uh, <laughs> same thing in baseball. The PD use was out of control. And uh, you know, there's at least a half a dozen guys who are big steroid users who are in the Hall of Fame right now. Like who? Yeah, I don't want to say the names just because they uh, you know don't get sued or anything. But you know, the obvious guys. You know, I will say the uh, there were stronger links. You know, two guys like uh, Mike Piazza, a uh, uh, Pudge Rodriguez, a uh, uh, Jeff Bagwell, than the rubber was to Bonds or Clemens. Remember now, Pudge lost 40 pounds at the time of testing. It was kind of a, so, like, okay, how is this possible? But you saw so <laughs> many guys get big, and even the guys were throwing a uh, 100 miles an hour all of a sudden when they weren't before. So it wasn't just a hitter. there was plenty of pitchers, too.
1: How do you characterize David Ortiz's case?
0: It'd be interesting. I think some people may say I'm not going to vote for him the first year. I don't want to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I'll vote from then on. And he's by the anonymous drug test. You know, who knows what those were all valid or not? Uh, those things never been. It should have been leaked. It's unfortunate his was. So, uh, you know, same things like, you know, you don't have the uh, he was never suspended, never failed a drug test. So, you know, I, I voted for him. I think he's a close call. Uh, I think he's going to fall a little bit short. Uh, if he doesn't get it this year, I think he'll definitely get it next year.
1: What's going to be his problem in not making it this first year? Do you think that positive test is going to be a problem?
0: Yeah, just people think that, hey, the people that don't vote for steroid guys say, wait a minute, now, he flunked an anonymous test, so I'm not going to vote for him. I lump him in with the uh, all the rest. And uh, other people say, well, it's not conclusive evidence you know, that sort of thing. Uh, Who knows who is a false positive. Uh, Maybe I'll vote for him, you know, years, years later. But he's kind of a separate little category.
1: Well, the guys you voted for last year stand your ballot this year, you voted for a couple of different guys, uh, Jeff Kent being one of them, Billy Wagner too, a couple of guys who don't have as much support. Do you expect to retain them?
0: I do. Uh, Yeah, Wagner, I was never a, a Wagner guy. And then you'll look at the stats and strikeout rate. And back then it was, you know, those guys were embarrassed to strike out. So I wish he had more innings, wish he had more saves, but a dominant guy. I mean, he wasn't in the Rivera or Hoffman class, but close. Uh, Jeff Kent, you know, as soon as I had room on my ballot, I voted for him every year since. Just you're talking about, you know, one of the greatest offensive second baseman ever, you know, besides the home runs just up there in slugging percentage and everything else. So that's why I vote for him. Uh, you know, I'm not sure either guy will make it. I think Wagner will, uh, will, I think Kent's a flip of a coin.
1: What about the Veterans Committee when it comes to guys like Kent, the steroid users too, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, do you think they eventually get in that other way? I'm
0: not sure. Uh, A lot of things will have to change. I think they're eligible this November on that ballot, John. Uh, I really hope Fred McGriff gets in. I think, you know, he is the guy who got snubbed. He got hurt by all the steroid users because he was clean. And uh, so his numbers you know, year after year got dwarfed. even though he's saying 30 and 100 every single year. Uh, you know, you look at him now, I just saw about a month ago. It's you know, it the same body type it's always been. So I, I hope McGriff gets in. I think Bruce Bochy will get in this November as well. Uh, I don't I don't think Clemens of Bonds yet. Maybe one day, but I think there'll be too many... Uh, might be a tougher to get him by the veterans community than the writers.
1: You voted last year for Schilling and Biscayle too. Are they going to be off your ballot now this year with all the new things that have come out about them?
0: Uh, Schilling will stay on. Uh, I know he says, you know, take me off. You know, Jack Morris used to say that, but I haven't said that. Uh, guys <laughs> get frustrated. So he's staying on. This is the last year of eligibility. Uh, I think he's going to fall short. I think he hurt himself by saying, uh, go ahead. I don't want to be on. So people say, OK, I don't have room in my ballot. I'll, I'll take him off. Uh, I'm taking Biscal off just with the uh, the allegations, everything else. Uh, you know, hey, if, you, if he's proven innocent in the court of law and things like that, it's, you know, uh, you always put him back on the ballot. But he's losing a lot of votes. I think he'll stay over five percent, but he's uh, going to have a massive, massive
1: drop off. Who's a real close call for you right now? Someone you're really weighing and thinking about checking the box.
0: Uh, Scott Rowland uh, is one of them. You know, I still think he falls short. Uh, you know, maybe I'll change my mind years to come. Uh, and, and Todd Helton, great guy and stuff like that. But you think, hey, if Fred McGriff's not in, how in the world can Todd Helton get in, uh, you know, Elton hit 300 some home runs at Coors field, which was, you know, easy to hit home runs, everything else, uh, terrific guy and everything else. But a, uh, yeah, those two guys I said, okay, let me, let me take a closer look at in
1: future years. Does Tory Hunter get your vote again too?
0: No, uh, I haven't voted for Andrew Jones. So if I can't vote, if I don't vote for Andrew, I, I can't do it for, uh, uh, Torrey Hunter. <laughs> uh, Last year was almost like an acknowledgment, just what he meant for the game and everything else. Uh, terrific ambassador for the game. But just fall short. Fabulous career, but not a not a Hall of Fame career uh, statistically. Uh, like you said, I mean, Andrew Jones, yeah, yeah, he just kind of fell off the face of the earth there at, at the end. It's too bad because he was sort of on that trajectory.
1: Is there another Latroy Hawkins-type player on the ballot this year? Uh, no,
0: no, that was a, uh, one-time, one-time thing, just acknowledgement what what he meant and, you know, 20 some years and, and, uh, great for the sport, you know, absolutely great teammate. And, uh, so no, no, uh, you know, nothing like that. Uh, you know, it was a, uh, I I know who there was another voter who also voted for, uh, Troy, his ballot was anonymous and I can say who it was, but yeah. And he was one who has done for years. It's like, what's the tip of a hat to some guy who played the game right? If you have room on your ballot, and that was certainly uh, Latroy
1: Hawkins. How much flack did you get for that vote?
0: Not much. Uh, with the explanation, you know what he meant. What's the like I was taking away somebody off the ballot. Saying, okay, I put uh, Latroy Hawkins on, and not Billy Wagner or something like that. It was just acknowledgement of, of what he meant. Uh I felt bad when guys don't get any votes at all. I, I really do. Uh but you know, started way back when, when the uh, Hal McCray didn't get a vote. You know, it'd be nice for these guys to at least get one vote. I understand they don't. Uh but yeah, it's you know it's a you know, it's great for them to be on the Hall of Fame ballot, but still I think it's even better to have at least one vote.
1: At this point, do you expect anybody to get in from this ballot coming up?
0: I don't. I think David Ortiz comes close, uh, and that's it. Uh, he might be a flip of a coin. I think he falls a little bit short this year, so I don't. But, you know, with the Veterans Committee having, you know, six uh, six people in and, you know, the families and things like that, you know, that will kind of, uh, you know, make up for Cooperstown, uh, even if Ortiz isn't looking.
1: what to come with Bob Nightingale. In just a moment, stay tuned, Vince says, Sports Talk Chicago. Yeah, still here on Sports Talk, Chicago. Bob, a few more questions before we finish. up. first off, the worst jinx you put out on Twitter was what?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Where all of a sudden people think it's a jinx? Like <laughs> that's where most of uh, <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I, yeah, I mean, as far as a uh, you know predictions that type of thing, I, I can't think of one. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, people get excited about that. Uh, this the first time in my life I had the last three World Series winners right. You know, with the Atlanta this year, Dodgers, and then uh, the Washington Nationals in 19. But yeah, I think people think that's, you know, if you think your team's going to win, uh oh, no, no, they're not going to win. But I think they're going
1: to win. <laughs> how, how flooded are your mentions? I mean, a lot of people I see when you put out something, they go like, okay, it's not going to happen now. They go the opposite of what you say. What's your response to that? Yeah, just gonna kind of
0: ignore it. I mean, that's what Twitter's about, right? She's so much negative. <laughs> and and people say that all the time. Yeah. I uh it's almost a thing where, you know, you want us to be more cautious now. I mean, everybody knew Buck Showalter was giving me the manager, you know. And I, I said, okay, you know, it's Buck's the obvious choice. You know, the same thing being, oh, he's not gonna he's not gonna get it now. Of course he's gonna get it. You know, that sort of thing. You knew that back in November. So yeah, just kind of ignore all the ignore all the stuff on the Twitter, to be honest.
1: How about your best prognostication? What would that be?
0: Ooh, it might have been the Washington Nationals in 2019 because people weren't talking about that winning, winning so much. Uh, Atlanta, to a, a little degree, not much. I mean, I don't think it was that big a shock. Everybody's picking the Dodgers. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was a, uh, you know, picked the Cubs in 16, but, you know, a lot of guys picked it. A lot of people picked the Cubs. So, yeah, I, I can't think of one that just uh, – jumps out or, you know, some rookie way. I said, oh, this guy's giving the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I've never done anything like that.
1: (laughs) Bob, before we finish up today, last question. Who's the greatest player you've ever seen play?
0: Barry Bonds, easily. Uh, I think you put him down as one of the top two or three greatest players who ever lived. I mean, made Ruth pitched. Okay, you put him behind Ruth. Obviously, you've seen more home runs than teams combined. But Bonds, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, Not nothing even close. You can talk about the great players in the game now, whether it's, uh, you know, Acuna, Trout, uh, those type of guys. Uh, but nothing like Bonds were, you know, when he got pitches to hit, they were going over the fence. You know, I covered a lot of his games when he broke the record. If he had pitches to hit that year, except 73 home runs, he would have hit ninety ninety-five home runs. Uh, he, was, he was unbelievable.
1: What's the top memory you have of Barry Bonds?
0: You know, it might have been what he was doing in the uh, World Series in 2002. That was kind of his coming out part. He had kind of struggled in the full season before that. So just how uh, powerful he was, almost taking the giant single Hanley, uh to the World Series. Uh, you know, it was cool seeing his uh, record, you know, breaking uh, uh, Hank Aaron's record. And, and, and not so much breaking Mark McGuire's. Uh, the McGuire record, breaking Roger Maris, that might have been the coolest thing I've ever seen as far as emotions, him hugging the uh, Roger Maris family, uh, son jumping his arms. That, that was, you know, an- an unbelievable. You know, we look around the press boxes, you know, people kind of crying and stuff like that. But a, uh, a really cool moment where it wasn't so much with Bonds, I think, too, because the record was just set a few years earlier.
1: Well, Bob, thank you so much for joining me. always appreciate the time. Best wishes here. Spring training hopefully ramps up, and looking forward to the next time we chat. Thank you so much.
0: Sure, look forward to it. Thanks, John.
1: Great talk there with Bob Nightingale. That'll do it for us today. You're on Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you to Bob Nightingale himself, Matt Dubio, WCKG, Jim DeTalbitt, to of Entertainment for making this show a success. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Zaglul. If you able to watch more of this show, Search up Sports Talk Chicago an Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and sportstalkchicago.com. Another great show. Come to it tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Till then, stay safe. And So long, everyone. No! No! We no! are the turn.